Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth one. What? It's the sixth one of This Ain't Babysitting. My name's Scott Forbes. And I am Mark Battle. And this ain't babysitting, this ain't babysitting, baby. This ain't babysitting. Thank hey, you. Father's Day's coming up, Scott. It sure is. It's going to be, this episode's probably going to come out on or just after Father's Day. I would imagine. Right on, and, right uh, on. So, very happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hey, just real quick, yeah. what's uh, you've you've been a father for for twenty some odd years? Twenty six years. Twenty six years. Uh, what's uh, give us a Father's Day memory? Oh shit! That that you've put me on the spot. I have. Yeah. Every day's Father's Day for me. By the way, every day is Father's Day. All right. Uh, but flex. But, yeah, no, you know, my favorite Father's Day memories are going out for a coffee with my son and just hanging out and talking, just him and I. Yeah. That, that to me, is just heaven. That sounds... I don't need breakfast. I don't need a crappy tie. I just love to have a nice cup of coffee and, yeah. a, and a good bagel with my son. My dad told me this year that uh, his he didn't want any gifts. He wanted me to be able to spend Father's Day with my son. So it was your turn for Father's That's beautiful. Day. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my... Today was a beautiful Father's Day gift because I've got to watch my son graduate from the University of Winnipeg. I cried I like bet. a little 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was crying. Oh, and that man. was so beautiful. And I just have to say it was beautiful because, of course, a lot of work that he put in and yep. just seeing this yep. whole darn thing. Uh, but just got overwhelmed, you know, by how proud I am. And how proud, you know, as a father, uh, especially to boys. And I know Adam's got uh, got some kids. And uh, he's our guest, by the way. And, uh, and to see your young son grow into this most amazing man, you yeah. know. And a man better than me. Yeah. You know. Um, you feel That's like... A, I mean, it's a low bar, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. Well... But I sure felt like a great fucking father. <laughs> there you go. All there right? You go. You know, and I and I just have to say, you know, uh, he is such a great guy. He's worked with kids in daycare. He's running youth programs for indigenous families. And I go, geez, man, that is a man. And he fights. He's a jujitsu fighter. Just got his purple belt. Oof. Oh my God, the whole package. That's so, not bad. That's not bad. So, um, ha, what, what's one of your favorite? My. I know you've only had a few. I've I've had a couple last year. Well, this will be, this will be my second Father's Day coming up, and uh, last year. We went, uh, my wife surprised me. She said, let's let's, uh, let's just go for a drive. So I said, okay, where are we driving to? She said, I'll tell you where to turn on the way. And we drove, ended up driving out to a uh, hundred acre farm or whatever, just outside Dougald. And uh, they, it's a farm animal rescue oh, nice. shelter kind of thing. So oh, you go nice. out there and for a donation, you can go and they have a petting zoo. You what? can pet all the animals. And uh, so, and you know, my son was uh, really big into old mcdonald and and singing along that mm. stuff so this was just a really cool uh chance for us to go out and and he got to just staring wide-eyed going everywhere looking at all the animals oh, walking beautiful. around him and got to watch a two sheep get into a get into a good headbutt fight oh right on yeah it was great it was like it was like wrestling but for for farm animals and so much cheaper wow yeah I took my son once to a terrible zoo in Ontario. Uh, I will not name the place, okay. but it was supposed to be rescued animals and yep. had tigers and panthers uh, and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, they didn't this have start out they good. didn't have, <laughs> they just had regular fencing, but it was missing all the bottom wires. So the panther could put his paw under and grab your foot, <laughs> grab my son's foot. And I thought that was bad enough. No, I took him to the lions, and you know what they fed them? 
They fed him a couple of monkeys that had died. Oh, shit. That's fucking terrible. Why don't you go lie and eat something the that looks like a small, hairy boy? Of life. Oh, that's a terrible. Well, it beats another zoo that I went to and had nothing but cats and dogs. Yes. That's, 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 another, that's a different story. That's another story. That's a different story. Hey, we're talking about men in early childhood education today. Yeah, it's uh, we're doing Father's Day coming up, so we thought what better time to uh, to kind of get into a little bit more on the subject of how our gender is represented in the workforce of early childhood education uh, poorly. Yeah. So far, in terms of numbers, not in terms of actual representation. <laughs> Thanks for the cap. The, dudes, yeah. the, yeah. the guys in childcare <laughs> are doing amazing yeah, work. Don't bring them in. There's just not enough of us yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and historically, the 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 numbers. Adam's gonna our guest. Adam's gonna talk more about that about what the numbers are at. But they haven't budged. No, they. Uh, you know, I've been in the field for over thirty years, and it's about the same. Well, and you know, I was doing you know trying to do some pre pre show research today, and you know, just you know, first thing I try and do is is I Google the subject that we're gonna talk about. Mm -hmm. So today I Googled men in childcare. Got a lot of lists for, or got a lot of websites and listings for. Uh, UK and oh, okay. and you know Europe and and Scandinavian countries and their their research and data, but finding information on, you know, I even start digging into Stats Canada, start mm. digging into you know other research units. It's it is hard to find any data for somebody who is just curious about the subject, yeah. Yeah. right? Without a lead into. To talking about it, it's hard to find data about what you want to about men in childcare and how valuable it is to have you know equal gender representation of all genders in in a childcare facility. I blame the fucking Ill Illuminati. Okay, I think sure. there's a connection. Yeah, let's there. blame let's blame them. And that I seems it like an easy show fix a, to all of our problems. It gives their show a little different edge. You can throw that in the tags and get we'll a couple more listeners. <laughs> Well, how did how did you get involved? Because I noticed men just stumble into this field by act. No, I've never met a guy that said when I was in high school I want to be. I've an seen early I've seen educator. two ways that that men get into childcare in my experience. One is you you fall into it by accident because you are interested in pursuing a career as a teacher and you think this will be a decent job while okay. I'm doing my education degree. That's and then the other one is you know. You, if you can hire a 19, 20 year old guy in a childcare center and get them interested and get them really invested into it, then all of a sudden they bring all their friends. That's what happened to me at, at one of the first acres I worked at. Uh, we had one guy who we hired and then he, he was like, I love this job. Told all his friends. We ended up having more men than women in our school Amazing. age program because, you know, he was just spreading the word. He was yeah. saying like, this is a great, you know, it's a great part-time gig. You can come in you can play with kids you know, getting paid to to make sandcastles and stuff like that, and and he was a big advocate for for us with within his friend group, and so you're either you either stumble into it or you're brought in by another guy. And there's a weird connection I've noticed lately. Mm -hmm. A lot of young men that I've met in the in the field, they got in through their mothers. Yeah, like which their is, mothers which were was, working at the centers. Which was my case, oh, and okay. yeah, and yeah. was was a situation with the first guy that we brought in too. Was that you know. Uh, my mom has been a director for. She just celebrated her 35th anniversary at, as director of of her center, and she's been in the field for more than 40 years. And um, and she was the she was one of the presidents of the Manitoba Child Care Association. Mm -hmm. She did uh, ethics workshops and talked a lot about ethics all around the country. And and so 
for me, it was, it was, I was in university. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a part-time job to help get me through university. Um, I didn't really want to work evenings or weekends mm-hmm. and I needed a job for the summer and she suggested, well, why don't you try applying for daycares in your area? So I applied at a couple and ended up getting a, a offer at one of them. And I, pardon me i worked there for all through my university training and then next thing i knew i was done my university training and thought i don't want to work i don't want to do what i did in university i want to be i was thinking about leaving the daycare to go and look for work and i was like why would i want to work anywhere else but at the daycare Mm -hmm. and that was when i started doing my early childhood education training wow yeah i did it mine was accidental Mm -hmm. i didn't know anything about it actually mine was over the love of a woman i wanted to impress her and it was in university, my last year of university, and she was working in the creche. It's yeah. called a creche it called in a Toronto. Creche. Yeah. It's called a creche, not super, a daycare super center. Super fancy. It's yeah. a creche. That's in the French side, I bet. It's a creche. <laughs> and uh, so she came into the cafeteria and said, hey, I need somebody to give me a hand walking these kids on some field trip thing they were doing through the uh, Bayview Lawrence Woods. And uh, I wanted to impress her, so I said, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and um, went on the walk. And it was like the heavens opened up. It was like, oh my! I felt like uh, Jack the Pumpkin King in, yeah, in, in Nightmare Christmas Town. What is this? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. And I was going, holy smokes! Like, what's this job? Like, this is a job, and and so what do you do? And and I liked being around the kids. I liked the energy. I liked the sense of humor. Um, I liked their ways of being. And and then I finished university. I had a sociology degree. What the fuck do you do with that? can't open up a store sociology nope. store yeah, so nope, i went i'm nope. going to college and getting my ece and never turned back no i wish i could say i married that woman do you wish you could say that because it would have made the story nice and tight purely for the purposes just, of the story okay just for let's this. just clarify that oh, thank you scott because <laughs> i may hear about this later. Yeah, I, I'm kinda... but i ended up marrying an early childhood educator absolutely, later on absolutely. and i'm very happy that scott. uh the point you made about um, you know that Jack going through through Pumpkin Town. That's exactly how I felt when I was going through my early childhood education training. Was it was just like, oh my god, all the pieces of mm. of all the things that I'd learned working in a daycare for for six years as a part time student. All of it just falls into place. All of it, it was just like all of a sudden all the doors are thrown mm-hmm. wide open and you can go anywhere you want and mm-hmm. you know you you pick up so much from the kids and and then next and then you you get to apply these all the things that you're interested in, you get to throw that into the kids and watch how they get to get invested in the things that you're invested in. And, and, you know, you get to, you get to really create something beautiful. And, and you know what I love about it? I'm a, but much better man. Cause I've been with kids. Yeah. I, I'm a much better man. They, they open my eyes to what's important. They open my eyes to, um, serving, yep. you know, and helping people and, and, and being responsible you know, and I saw it in my son when he was working at a child care center. He changed. Yeah. Right. It, it it's just such incredible work. It forces for, you for out of it forces you out of your, um, I don't want to say out of selfishness, but it forces you yeah. to consider the needs of others, yeah. uh, as your as your job. Right. This is yeah. what you're getting paid to do is consider the needs of others, and it makes you much more considerate in your day to day interactions because it's just how you're trained to think eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've said this on another episode. I did a lot of drugs in high school, so I don't remember much. Right. But, um, whenever I talk to my male friends about my job, they all thought it was an amazing idea. 
It's I ne- and and even male strangers because I sit alone in bars when I speak across the country. A uh, little disclosure there, and I was I always talk to people and, and and the guys I talk to and they say, "What do you do for a living?" And I tell them, and they go, "What an amazing job!" I've never had a guy ever sort of question it or think sort of ill of it. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and it's it's an interesting thing to consider as well the the idea that. There are so many men who, and I think I feel like especially in the last you know couple decades, it's gotten more and more comfortable. Yeah. Men have gotten much more comfortable talking about being in yeah. in early childhood or being with kids. Yeah. Let alone early childhood education. But um, you know there was a I can't remember the the study I looked up today, but there was one that was uh, referencing how you know three in in 10 men of this survey um, responded positively to the idea of working with children as a career. And mm-hmm. and three out of four young boys were interested in some sort of caring career yeah. when asked about what you know they might want to do when they grow up. Really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. All right. Well, why don't we go for a commercial, Scott? Let's, let's And then we're going to introduce our guest when we come back from that fabulous commercial. I'll do the work and you can... I'll just your, relax. I'll have a smoke. Just relax, yeah. Okay. And we're going to start with a commercial starting right now. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, your patience. It's been a while since we spoke last, hasn't it? Uh, I want to thank you guys. I know that uh, we were hoping this episode would go up a little bit earlier, but time life schedules all come into play uh we think we have kind of more of a recording schedule down so i just want to let you know that the next show is going to be going uh we're going to be recording it next week and then hopefully that show will be live on the following monday which is the 24th of june Uh, i want to give a big shout out and thank you to our four patrons on patreon um several of whom have chosen to remain anonymous which is both wonderful and a comfort and a little bit like hey you could let us know who you are it's okay we want to thank you on the show like dr devin king uh we want to thank him for his contribution we want to thank shantatatatatatatatl for her contribution i think i had the right amount of ties in there um and if you want to be thanked on this show if you want to contribute to um to the the beauty and the majesty of this program you can head on over to patreon.com slash this ain't babysitting and you can sign up for one of our pledges it's just a monthly donation that you make into our show it helps cover our operating costs it helps cover our hosting costs it helps cover our coffee costs because mark goes through so much coffee in a recording it's just it's silly um so if you want to head over there you can you can uh, make donation we have different tiers we have a two dollar tier a five dollar tier a ten dollar tier um for people who might be interested in in helping our show get along if you are a listening to the show and you're a business and you would like to sponsor our show we are now taking applications for sponsorship we are recording on a bi-weekly schedule we directly 
uh, record out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, and we would love to have some people come on and and tell our our listeners about our beautiful show. Uh, thank you, everybody, who has rated and reviewed our show on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us. Uh, if you get a chance and you haven't yet, if you can head on over to um, Apple Apple Podcasts and give our show a five star rating and and write a little review, let us know what you like about the show, what you think could improve. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about childcare, then give us a send us an email. You can email us at thisaintbabysitting at gmail and we will, uh, any questions that we get, we will field them with our guests and we'll field, Mark and I will, will take turns kind of trying to, trying our hand at it. Um, and, you know, we just, we'd love to hear from you guys. This is, we have a lot of fun talking to each other and talking to our guests, but, you know, we would love to hear from you and, and, and have you guys not only listen, but be active participants in the show. So everybody who has reached out and, and given us your support, thank you so much. It means the world to us and all of our patrons. We love you guys very much. And everybody who's thinking about, um, supporting our show, patreon.com slash the same babysitting. Excuse me. Is this where they shoot the bears? Well, I could listen to that commercial all day. I'm just going to put that on a repeat. All right. Yeah. I mean, that'll help bring our listener count up, so that's probably pretty good. Yeah, and you've got such a, a beautiful tone. Like, I do. Again, it's, it, I don't know. I feel funny. I, I speak softly. <laughs> you do. Yeah. It feels like my pants are getting smaller. That I don't know that if I like go, that. <laughs> that's it. That's, Anywho, that's not exactly what I meant by carry a big stick, but we oh we digress going back to those kinds of jokes. All right, we digress, or at least I digress. There we go. We are so honored to have a a former student of mine. That's true. Jeez, I think mm-hmm. we've had nothing but former students of mine on this show. Melinda yep. was too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. A former student of mine, the co-leader of the Men in Early Childhood Education Group here in Manitoba. But you're also connected internationally, I do believe. Are you not? You've got some sort of links there? Yeah, there's connections. This is Adam Manicom. That's me. All the way from Charleswood, Winnipeg. Center of the continent. Center of the (laughs) continent. You say that like it's a bad thing. No, I know. I just, I've got, beautiful trees. I've got a tortured history with the deer. And deer. There are some ditches. Deer and ditches, ditches, no curbs. Yeah. But anyways, we're being too uh, regional here. Hey, uh, can I can I start off with you? Because we sort of talked about how we got involved in sure. in childcare, and I'm I'm curious about how like how did you and why did you get into this job of early childhood education, Adam? Yeah, well, listening to you guys talk about about the subject to begin with, I feel like I'm just a walking cliche of everything <laughs> you guys started saying. Oh, and we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're the ones who said it about ourselves. Yeah. What does that say about us? Yeah. Well, I guess it just shows we all share the same common story. But yeah, so in 2002, I was 22 years old and uh, pretty much an idiot. I was working, delivering newspapers, and I was, um, I went to university and trying to figure myself out, I guess, and all that. I was working at a gas station, too, and I was getting my degree. I wouldn't to take all your general courses. I liked religious studies the most because I found it interesting, took that, um, ended up having the most credits in that. So I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'll get a degree in. And then realized quickly that I was screwed after I got my degree. So (laughs) my, my app, my child, my high school aptitude test told me that I should be a teacher. And my dad thought it was a good idea too. And I really respected my dad's opinion. So I was like, okay, well, I guess that's what I have to do after I get this religious studies degree because that's going to be useless for me. (laughs) But I 
had no idea if I liked kids at the time or not. I had, I grew up with two sisters and one brother. So I had kind of a big family as far as that goes. I was the oldest one and I loved playing with them growing up and stuff. So I thought I liked kids, but I didn't know. My sister was working at a daycare. And so I asked her if she could get me a job there for the summer so I could see if I liked kids before I actually dove into the university aspect of it. And so she, she did. She was gracious enough and got me a job. So I started working with my younger sister at the time. Um, and I just loved it so much that I basically stayed in. And you were working, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were working with babies. I did start off, yeah, yeah, I worked with, we had 16 babies, so, and I worked directly with my sister, so it was my sister and I and two other staff in, in the infant room, and yeah, so I, so I stayed there for the summer, and then I liked it so much, so I was finishing my religious studies degree, I had a year left on that to finish, so I worked part-time, because it's a great job for if you are in university. Fabulous university yeah, job. It's a fabulous university job, you're right, and so... I kept doing it, and then I just loved it so much. I was like, why would I do anything else? And then so my sister decided she was going to go into the workplace program, which we have here in Manitoba. And so I was like, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with you, Sabrina. And uh, so, yeah, so we did the workplace program together, and I graduated from that, and I've been doing this ever since. I remember you vividly in class. You wouldn't pay attention until you finished the Globe and Mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember that vividly about yeah, you, Adam. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's a. I guess it is a cliche. Again, it's, it's how the people how people stumble into it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a cliche in the sense that the men in early childhood education, no one understand that. But I mean, that's a pretty narrow margin of people who understand yeah, that cliche, yeah. right? Like it's 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 a cliche in the sense that we all kind of seem to have fallen into it, but it's, it, it kind of belies the, the point that there are so many people who don't even really see early childhood education as a profession for a man. I mean, I, I know people don't necessarily, um, you know, there's no belittling comments or anything about when you, when, mm-hmm. you know, we tell people about what we do, but I, you know, I would be lying if I said most people's first reaction wasn't shock mm. or or at least peaked curiosity. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I am also, as, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about you're from a theater background, yep. Scott. You're from a religious studies background, Adam. I'm from a sociology background. So it's all people who didn't have career options. <laughs> yeah, basically. But daycare, the last resort for men. But we're fascinated with groups and how groups work and how, you know, you uh, the point of things and go. performance and all that kinds of stuff. I think there's a I think there's a study here. I that's a that's a very interesting point. The idea that that when you when you are interested in in the the workings of other people, you 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 can gravitate towards people when they're small. Mm-hmm. And I was always, <clears throat> it was interesting. I was always raised in a household. I, I did mention this in another episode about, about um, um, respecting diversity, right? Uh, ever since I was little and, and about the rights of people. And so that was always <clears throat> sort of a focus of mine about the rights of people. Children are, the, are some of the most marginalized people around, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so it just sure. makes sense. Um, I want to, I do want to talk to you about your men in early childhood education group. Yeah. So what is it? What do you guys do? What's the purpose of it? How did it all get started? If you know that history, what's the point? What's the point? Okay. So we, uh, my, my co-leader, Ron Blatz, he, him and I have been doing this. Uh, we don't, we haven't kept track, but 
I don't know, 15 years or so, we've been running this mineral child education group. He had went to the World Forum, and in the World Forum, there was a working group on this. And so he came back really inspired, and he came back with, with buttons that say, expect male involvement, and men who change diapers change the world. And so he wanted to, he, he put out a, some feelers and had a little meeting and asked guys to come out just to hear what he had learned. And so I went to that first one. So that must have been in, I want to say, 2009-ish or so. Anyways, that doesn't matter. And uh, so then he wanted someone else to help him to run the group. And so I was really interested because of my own, I'd been isolated. That's why I went to the meeting in the first place, because I had never worked with another man. I that, was, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. That isolation is is really deadly. Oh, yeah, in our, for sure. In our field for men, like being the only fella. You know, yeah, yeah, good point. yeah. And if it were like, as far as isolation goes, if it hadn't been for my sister, um, as being like a big support and someone to laugh with, and yeah, and then uh, so so we we ran we started hosting meetings about three times or four times a year whenever we could. We bring in guest speakers and talk about topics like risky play and everything else under the sun that we can try to get people to just come to our meetings and hear our little spiel about men. And then last year we actually had our, a conference about for men in early childhood education called uh, Knights of the Kids Table. So yeah, it's so so. Is it just is it? It's an educational thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. is it is is one of the big points is just sort of that you're not isolated. You've yeah. got this network of people. It's a networking thing for sure, and just trying to get guys out and get more connected and. Really, I think some of our best work is just getting the directors in and getting the idea in directors' heads that they may never have thought about like actively trying to recruit men into this field. Right. So then just to get it on their radar and something they're thinking about and how they can do that. Well, what, how are you guys? Like, what is your plan for recruiting more men then? Oh, well, recruiting men is, is tricky because if, even of my own story, I look back on it and I think about how my child or my child, uh, my high school aptitude test said that I should be a, a teacher. And I thought that made sense, but there was nothing ever about being an early childhood educator on that aptitude yeah. test. It wasn't an option. I didn't even know I, the career existed. If it hadn't been for my sister working in a daycare, I never would have known about the field that I've now devoted my life to. Mm -hmm. So, uh, where were, I don't know where was I on that. It I just got on a tangent. Just how do you, re how do you <laughs> no, recruit them? How do you? Oh, so, recruiting, so, right? But don't you guys have like some sort of a little plan about we, what's a twenty twenty or something? We have like dreams. That? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it's hard too because like there's you know I remember I had a conversation with Ron, um, you know years ago now about uh, the idea of you know t trying to target men in ads. Yeah. Um, being challenging because you know he had talked about one of his experiences um where he tried to put in an ad in a newspaper seeking men to work mm -hmm. in a daycare mm -hmm. uh, and he got in a lot of trouble for it because it was a discriminatory ad it he was, also got 65 resumes of i was men. gonna say it worked. It, it worked it worked really well right yeah. but but at this and at the same time he he also told talked to me you know very candidly about this very real pressure that he got about you know this ad being discriminatory and take it away and and all that kind of stuff and and uh so that's something that i can't help but think about but it was interesting 
this summer we you know we apply for at our center we apply for canada summer jobs grants through the government of canada to hire summer students uh to to help our program and and provide employment for university students and one of the categories was um that you could apply for was how to or recruiting people who are underrepresented Mm -hmm. in your field Mm -hmm. and so we had applied saying we would like to hire a male because men are severely you know underrepresented in in our child care field and and we got that and so you know i had that story of ron's in my head as i'm crafting this this you know advertisement like you know everybody's welcome to apply but just so you're aware this is a blah 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 blah. but we got you know we got i think we got seven resumes Mm. from from Mm. male students and we hired three this, I, I come from uh, the great civil rights leader, John Lewis, said you have to have necessary trouble. Yeah. And what Ron did was necessary trouble. Absolutely. What you did was necessary trouble. And the thing with Ron's story is that he would put out advertisements in the early childhood education sector of the newspaper back in the 2000s yeah. when he did this. Yeah. And, uh, and in our online and whatever else. And he would get like... 20 resumes and zero of them were men. Mm-hmm. So then when he did the targeted advertising, he put a ad in a general section of the newspaper and yeah, it said, like the general help wanted. Right. right? Yeah. And it said, looking for a few good men with the courage to work in childcare. Yeah. And he got like 10 guys applied for the job. No, he got, he got 65 that, resumes. That never would have seen that other, any other way. So, right. I know. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and I think that's, that's the point that we got to address in, in the recruitment stuff is that, we need to change the way that we try and target, you know, men to work in childcare. His language there of, you know, seeking a few good men to who have the courage to work with children. That's a very that's a very masculine centered ad. It's it's the idea, you know, you're referencing one of the most famous men movies of all time. You're referencing <laughs> the idea of of having courage to work yeah. in child like those are very masculine uh, traits and, and ideas and references that immediately grab a guy's attention. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But again, uh, this stuff works because I we started off with our stories of how we have been involved in this. We didn't know about it. Yeah. So having targeted advertising is, is a good way. Then with, with a group like your group, Adam, you know, now that you've come into the center, now you have support. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll never forget the first time I worked with another guy. And just to be able to talk, hey, have you been through this? Oh, my God, I've been through this. Have you been through that? I've been through that. And it was just you didn't feel insane anymore. Yeah. Right? Because you're, that's that's the trouble with isolation, right? Uh, it, it's really dangerous, and it, and it can be uh, really quite scary. So let's get into a positive then. Sure. Adam, in your, in, in your history, in your experience, and your sort of thinking about men in child care – what do men bring to this field? Like, what are the what are the benefits of having uh, a male in a childcare center? Well, fifty percent of our population is, is boys, give or take, right? Um, and so, having a positive male influence on those boys and those girls too, mm-hmm. to see what a positive, caring, loving man can look like, is I think the biggest factor, bar none, for me. Um, just having that someone that they can look up to and someone they, they can see themselves in would be the biggest factors. I uh, lost myself again, but uh, the benefits, I mean, the, the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it good? Like, 
Are we just blowing air out our behinds going, here, we need to be involved? Like, do we bring something different? We do. We do bring difference. Uh, men are often more prone to the rough and tumble play and all that stuff, too. I've worked with um, hundreds of women, and I've worked with, uh, I can count on my hand how many men <laughs> I've worked with. Yeah. And all the men I've worked with have been into rough and tumble, and one or two of the women have been into rough and tumble. And, and so it's just a different wrestling and everything else that is involved in that. Um, but there's also like, I mean, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody either. There's mm -hmm. lots of guys that are just as much into art and everything. Else oh, absolutely. Too. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. And it's, it's absolutely. what I found is interesting for me is it's interesting. The mentality of, of discipline between men and women. Um, I found that men working in a childcare center are much more, uh, easily adaptable to letting kids kind of have their disagreements let them come to a resolution and then let them move on. Um, and this is just in my own personal experience, but I've had other people who, who have worked with, who, who haven't been men, who have been, who want to step in, who want to try and resolve that conflict because it's going to lead to fighting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know what it's like to be a boy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I like your bit about that. Cause it's always, um, one of the, one of the benefits we do bring is a different way of guiding kids' behavior. Yeah. Because I I do notice in my own self and when I see other fellas when kids there are certain things that kids do that we'll just let slide. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll yeah. just let it slide. And whereas sometimes our our uh, other colleagues won't, and it gets into the sort of nagging. And I and I like your I like your your point there where yeah we we let kids sort of figure things out. Well, that's what people want out of guiding. Right. right. Can I can I bring up something? Um, no. We're good at play. Men are really good at play. If you go to the Manitoba Museum, if you do any research in sort of early peoples, um, men were the players. They played with kids because mm -hmm. the women were busy, you yeah. know, cooking and the and the, the the gardening and all that other. We warred and. And that wasn't all the all the time. So we, we played because we believed that that's how you teach people something. When I would, uh, back in the old days, I would go to high schools and do the, the males and non-traditional jobs, right? So we'd have the female welder and then the male ECC. I should have married a female welder. That would have been really cool. Again, for the story. I don't, my Purely wife, for the story. Just for the story. My wife doesn't listen to this show, so I can talk, <laughs> I can talk about anything. Mine neither. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I would, I would have a room full of grade nine boys, and I would, I would say, what I would have, first of all, a playful experience for them. So we'd make rockets, right? And we'd blast off rockets. And then I'd go at the end of it, so what do you learn through play? They had all the points. Yeah. About what you learn through play. It's very, very natural to us. Right. So I see that as a huge benefit. And that's one of the reasons that I want to get more young guys into this field. And I see, I work at a beautiful university campus and I see guys hammering tent pegs all summer long. Yeah. And I just think, man, you could be having so much more fun doing what I'm doing, throwing kids down a slip and slide covered yeah. in mud. Like, yeah. That's a much better day than you're having. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and we're getting paid the same. If we're not, I'm probably getting paid more than them yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. So You know what was interesting from those boys, those grade nine boys, at the end of it, uh, when I said, so what do you think about this field? And, and they said, overwhelmingly, you get to leave something behind. These are grade nine boys. 
Like you get to leave something behind. You get mm. to you get to mentor a bit. And plus a few of them said there's a lot of women. <laughs> you're <laughs> I, always gonna have I had, those. I had I had one You're um, always gonna have that. I had one unsuccessful interview who who referenced, you know, that that oh it'd be great to work with all girls and I was like eh, you don't quite get it yeah, 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 but that's okay that's so okay I see the play as a big benefit yeah. um and I don't want to pigeonhole people here either but what I do notice that us guys um we get a kid's worldview and I think like we understand the their ways of being right don't yeah. our don't our partners admire us because we've got that sort of boyishness admire be frustrated by inspired you know, it's... <laughs> but you know what i mean like when it's... when a kid does a fart joke we laugh because we get that worldview instantly right yeah. we yeah. get that worldview and we and and we find some of their stuff really funny because we get that worldview right and i think that idea of having you know a bunch of people in a group together like you mentioned like you referenced earlier adam you said it very beautifully you know i know what it was like to be a boy yeah. I know what it was like to be a boy growing up. But when you're a boy growing up, you know, constantly surrounded, you're by, you know, in a childcare center, you spend six, seven, eight hours a day at daycare. You are spending time with adults pretty much that entire. I mean, you're you're surrounded by kids, but you, the adults that you're around, if all of them are women, then you're getting even, you know, even if you you have a family where you have, you know, a male role model in your family you're getting at most you know five six hours a day of waking time that you're spending with that role model Mm -hmm. so how is it not important to have someone working in a center who understands the experience of growing up and being a boy who understands why you know a boy wants to take everything apart Mm -hmm. right why does a boy want to destroy everything well he's trying to figure out how it works Mm -hmm. yeah and I, I attribute out my career to my sister, but also my father too. And he was a big influence because he was the player in our family. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom was more of the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. And, but my dad, he was out playing with us, taking us to different parks. We, he made up games with us. We'd push quarters with our nose down the street and just the stupidest things ever. But then that's what I started. That's what got me. I think once I got into the field from my sister, I just, took everything that my dad had given me and then I think about all the kids out there without dads and they don't have that positive male influence to help them and guide them and show them how awesome you can be as a man Mm -hmm. my dad wrote my entrance essay to get into ECE because oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he got it he he under yeah. i didn't know anything about the field yeah um the, uh, the statute speak, of limitations has already yeah, gone up down, so he's, right, yeah, he's that's in years ago man he's in now that's years ago uh the other thing i think is really important well we we have a lot of dads dropping off kids yeah. you oh, know the dad culture has changed so much in the last like even 15 years yeah. right like when i started in this field i saw no dads ever now I see. I don't. I think at my center I have more dads doing pickup and drop offs than I right do on. mothers, mm-hmm. and and that has changed hugely by like I'd say over a hundred percent if that's possible. No, yeah. it's not really. But um, whereas like the the representation of men in the field has not changed. So the dads are coming along, and that's just sort of been a natural pre- progression of our society and things changing. But it still hasn't changed in our schools. I went my whole life, I think, without. I don't think I had a male teacher until I was in grade six. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. So, that's a and that's point. a, and that's a point that, that, you know, Manitoba teachers, um, 
and and their research is showing is that there are a lot of a lot of men gravitate towards working in middle schools and high schools there aren't a lot of men who tend to work with uh, elementary schools Mm -hmm. Um, and then that by extension means not a lot if there's not a lot of men who are already thinking about dedicating their work careers to children and they're not thinking about six to twelve then you know how many are thinking really about zero to six Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's a it's an interesting discussion point because i think that that one of the keys to getting more men in childcare is is it's got to be kind of a long game where you start those conversations with young boys and early on that you know working with kids is a career and it's a it's a very viable career it's a very fulfilling and enriching career mm-hmm. what what i have heard though when i uh, was in ontario a couple of years ago uh, they they said that they've been noticing that you that if you want to get a male in a daycare center you're more likely to get an older male because they've reached that you know you've been working in manufacturing all of your life and you reach that point in your life as a male going what have I done with my life it's just Erickson's theories right yeah. you know and and you reach this point you go I've just been making these parts for a car all my life I'd like to do something a little bit more. So you're more likely to get older males entering into the field, which maybe we need to also be thinking about from, oh, a, from a target perspective. That's what Kenny Spence from Scotland has done and has had huge success with. Um, look him up online and you can see all the things that he's accomplished. And they in, in Scotland, he used his uh, anti-discrimination laws in order to get more men into ah. the field. Mm-hmm. And, and that was his route. And so he really had a ton of success going after men looking for something to leave a legacy yeah. and to leave something behind and to do something more meaningful. And he talks about how he's, he has policemen and, and every walk of life. And then they created programs and education programs in their colleges that they could fast track these guys through wow. and they could, they save spots for them. Uh, so they could, and they created evening courses. So these guys could go to these courses at night and keep their day jobs and keep wow. providing for their families. And he's done some beautiful, beautiful work. Wow, that's, that's a great idea. Kenny Spence, make sure you look him up. We'll have a link yeah. in the comments. Can I add one more thing? I'm just, I think it's really kind of neat about about having men within, within our field. Uh, or a couple things. Um, no one's ever going to take early childhood education seriously uh, if it's 98, 96% one gender. No one's going no to take any industry seriously these days when it's overwhelmingly one yeah. gender so we need to be 50 50 and i will also argue that if we become 50 50 then we will stop fucking talking about quality in childcare because i think that's the i think that's the big elephant in the room we need to have 50 percent males and then we'll have quality child care why look at all the big themes right now in workshops for for early childhood education risky play who brings that into the workforce Men, you're supposed to be answering men when I say this. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, who and loose parts, loose parts, because dudes don't get plastic stuff and plastic dress up and, and symbolic play kind of crap like that. They get boards and pipes and ropes and all that kinds of stuff. Men, men. thank you. Gunplay, superhero play, all the rage right now. Who brought that? Men, men. Okay. <laughs> and getting your kids out into the damn woods. 
and getting messy and mucky and having a good old time that way. Tell me, boys, who brought that? Men. And women. And women. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's also a real big benefit but I think, that we bring to it. I think the to to leapfrog off that point a little bit, the uh, I spoke last time about the idea of quality in childcare means diversity and means accepting you know everybody who who comes into your program has their own needs and their own uh goals and challenges and and desires and without having equal representation in your workforce how are you how are you meeting the needs of the people who who you know identify as that gender you know and just a real quick point i think having men in childcare is is really good to to upset gender norms mm -hmm. and to understand mm -hmm. that you know what your what your your sex doesn't necessarily have to define your gender by having role models who who have you know who have experiences like yours or who have interests like yours that may be of another gender yeah for for boys and for girls absolutely it's a it's, uh, it's there there are too many benefits that we're not for us not to take this this seriously. And again, I don't know why we're not, but maybe this is now going to lead into this next question because okay. maybe this is where the trouble is. Adam, what do you see as some of the challenges or some of the barriers like that we haven't moved past two, three, four percent representation of, ch of men in childcare since as long as I've been in the field, you know, over 30 years? What do you see as the challenges and the barriers getting in the way? Well, I guess we can tackle this one at a time i don't know sure yeah, 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 yeah. all right so i get the the one of the the stigmas or whatever is is pay and wage and i hate that i know you hate it but i i, I don't hate it nearly as much as you do i fucking hate it because i just can i just i'm sorry go ahead. Adam. Yeah, you're getting no, no, me no, mad no, go for you're, it you're, you're getting me mad but i i just i I'm, hi adam thanks for coming thanks on thanks for coming on adam <laughs> <laughs> i'm a feminist and and i believe in the feminist dream and I believe in the feminist dream that men and women can work in the places where they want to work, right? Mm -hmm. And so a man could work in childcare and a woman can sell cars. I believe in that. Um, I, I find it very sexist a lot of times when people are saying that, oh, men don't get into it because of the pay. Because I did some research. Um, uh, child and youth care workers here in Manitoba, they get paid about the same as an EC, same wage. They got almost 30 to 40 percent participation rates of men disability and community services those people get paid the same as ECEs they're like 40 to 50 percent representation and then early childhood education were three four percent I'm gonna I'm gonna just expand that thinking a little bit so I think that um, a couple things that maybe aren't can't be uh, quantified in that in those things is, for one, um, you know, there is a hero complex that comes along with, you know, working that that can be associated with with getting into fields of of disability and and that kind of stuff where it's you you can be drawn into those um, those fields because, you know, you're you're helping you're helping a social you're doing a social good in that sense that I don't think childcare has has gained that reverence yet if that if that makes sense 
I will I will accept that from a marketing perspective that child and that's all I mean that's all I mean is is a is a public image perception a public image I will accept that definitely but here's the thing is that we just women and men in our industry don't make enough money yes yeah oh yeah Yeah. we talked about that so if like my wife is a teacher and. Hey, me too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You guys. That's, that's how we can afford to be. And you guys be... are both like the same height. That's how we can we're afford to be We're actually wearing ECCs. the same clothes. Yeah, exactly. You guys are exactly wearing the, the same, same clothes. <laughs> we're, both wearing, we're both wearing black and white trucker hats, blue black hoodies, and brown shorts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And I'm dressed that's in freaky. a lavender yeah. sweatsuit. That's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's par for the course. Yeah, but the, the wage thing is across the board, and it does hinder you because we, I couldn't live – I like I live a blue collar lifestyle mm-hmm. and I couldn't afford a blue collar lifestyle if my wife wasn't a teacher and making more money than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not for for me personally it was not a barrier to not be making more money than my wife. That doesn't bother me yeah. at all, but it's just for us to make enough to live in the neighborhood we want to live right. in and right. our kids to go to the school I'd like them to go to and right. for me to be able to play for pay for them to play hockey. Yeah. Like we're strapped and, yeah. and, and my wife wakes considerably more than I do. Yeah. So I have to imagine if her, she was actually a substitute at the center I worked at. That's how we met. Uh, and if she had a, done what I did and decided she loved childcare so much, she wanted to stay in it. Yeah. Then I don't know what we'd be doing. Yeah. My kids wouldn't be able to play hockey for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so that's, that's where I come from okay. on the wage thing. Fair and enough. I think it's just, and I think, fair enough. and I think you also have to think about this. Like you can think about this in a, in not just a, a local concept, but in a, in kind of a, a more global thinking. They, I was actually, when I was doing some research today, they put out the, um, there's like a global, study of of um fathers and children um that just came out that was like a huge thing it's like 128 page document by uh sponsored by um you know unilever and and a bunch of corporations and working with research firms across countries and one of the first things it said in this in this report was uh that you know global respondents there's still an overwhelming majority of of global respondents who see child care and child child rearing practices as quote unquote women's work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they they have a hard time and and a lot of respondents still both male and female see you know being a breadwinner being mm-hmm. you know the the sole provider the provider for the family as being the man's role mm-hmm. so i think i think as much as there are some examples of people breaking that mold it's i i think you can't discount how much the the wage associated mm-hmm. with early childhood education mm-hmm. plays into wanting to be an early childhood I was just educator. comparing people in the same yeah, sure. things making yeah. the same money. Yeah, yeah. And 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 um I, I it just it, it just gets my goat sometimes when I hear that because it I don't know, it just gets my goat. Okay, so the pay is one, yep. you know, from your perspective. What else do you see as another barrier or challenge? Fear of accusation is Okay, you, you and I were chatting yeah. about that. Talk a little bit more about that. It's Adam. real. It happens. I, you know, I've, I've, I know women that have been in this industry for 40 years and have never come across any sort of discrimination to of that extent. And I've had big, I've seen big ones and I've seen little ones. I, I had a little one today just with a parent and uh, I'll tell this quick story, but um, uh, one of our parents was coming in to our center with her little baby daughter and her daughter's walking. And one of my coworker asked for a hug 
and the girl just kind of gave me a quick glance it's and and decided that she didn't want to come close because I was there and she's in the baby room. So her and I don't have a big relationship was why that exchange happened. And then the mom went on to say that, well, she just has a little bit, she's a bit more shy around men. Mm -hmm. And then she said, and that's a good thing, isn't it? (laughs) 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 Ah, All right. Deep breaths. breaths, Yeah, exactly. Right. I wish, I I wish she had stopped. And when she said, she's just, and you know what? It's it's such a, that's such a, it's, but that, you know, in, in some ways, I'm just trying to be objective here because the, my gut reaction, as you heard, is to be like, God damn, like, come on, doing our best out here. But at the same time, you know, you also, it, it it's, it's incumbent on the other women in our profession and, and on mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. to, to help to break down those misconceptions, you know, cause that woman is probably either. A thinking, you know, oh, this would be kind of a, you know, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm gonna make this kind of joke and and doesn't really mean anything, uh, or you know, she's thinking, you know, genuinely that there are a lot of, uh, you know, predominantly male threats to just the fact that she has a daughter. Well, I think our our society says it's okay to make fun of men in that way. Still. Right. Yeah. That's right. True. That's the problem. If you have, if you change the word men in that situation to black person. Yeah. It changes the context of that completely. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Right. So yeah, okay. no, that's a very good point, Adam. So and I, yeah, I like what you said there about how um, women can work in this field for you know thirty years. 100%. If they compare that to a male in the field for thirty years, and we got a lot more stories of that. Oh, I yeah, I could go on and on. I got yeah. one story where we had um, we were doing a Christmas pageant, and we were getting the kids all dressed up and their fancy dresses and their bow ties and whatnot. And I had one mom say specifically to me, she asked me not to put on her daughter's dress for her. And at first I was definitely taken aback about why, why, why is that not okay? And I asked her, I said, well, why wouldn't you want me mm-hmm. to help your daughter get dressed? She said, well, cause you have man hands and you might rip her dress. What are you, the fucking Hulk? <laughs> Hulk put on dress. It's such, you know, yeah. that, that took a completely different turn from where I thought I it was yep. going. I, I liked yep. it. I, I liked the turn. But man. Me too. It was refreshing. Yeah, yeah. it surprised me too. Yeah, it was refreshing. <laughs> but it's equally as discriminatory. So. God, who are the men in her life? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny i I, yeah we all have these we could have a whole show on these stories i'll never forget and i've I've had parents not want me to change the kid's diaper and all that other kinds of stuff and 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 colleagues question my intentions and why i'm working in this when they'll never get that question 100 never get that question but i'd have to say one of the scariest things that ever happened to me was the content of the following material was deemed as too offensive for listeners we apologize for any inconvenience. <laughs> different ideas of discipline coming ah, from men and women. You mm-hmm. almost got cost me my job, little Mark. <laughs> All right, so the so the discrimination the the the, the from parents and and colleagues, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Or or the worry too of of false accusations about about stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, if, if I take a quick second to go on a tangent and talk about colleagues and and just how important they are to the men in this field Mm -hmm. and the the directors because they're the gatekeepers for all of us for for the men and the women and the children right and part of my success in my 
career has been from the support of my director Absolutely. and all yeah. the amazing women that I've worked with throughout the years yeah. and I'm, I'm currently working with and they are just they bring out the best in me too and they're so important to the success of any man in this yeah. field um, especially when we're so marginalized as we are currently. Yeah. I, I always say I stand on the shoulders of giant women. That never goes over very yeah, well. I, I wrote it. Giant, women. <laughs> it giant never, women part, yeah. It doesn't go over, but it's it's absolutely true. Yeah. And, and and I think about um, my, my fate, one of my, I've had many great uh, directors, but Judy Gay over in uh, Ajax, Ontario, there was a, a parent came in and they said, I don't want my kid anywhere near that guy. And she said, well, there's plenty of other daycares down the street. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. Right? It, I'm the way I am in childcare because I've had these great women that yeah, I work too. with and, and who guided me. And man. I think I don't think there is there are any men who currently work in childcare who are, you know, trained or not, who wouldn't say that, you know, they they attribute a lot of their passion for the job uh, to to the women that they work with and in that when you are in a positive space, you know, you feel a lot of appreciation from your co colleagues and coworkers for just being a man in a childcare mm -hmm. space because mm -hmm. they have someone who, you know, when they're out in a public space, they, you know, even little things like being able to take a group of boys to the bathroom, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it sounds like such a small thing, but in a, in a workforce that's entirely mm -hmm. female, you know, those are, it's not necessarily a challenge as much anymore with family bathrooms mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and unisex bathrooms mm -hmm. and the like. But in a lot of places, it's still pretty, it, it can still be a big barrier for, for centers to go out and experience things is not having a male around to help. All right. So you talked about the pay, you talked about sort of the discriminatory attitudes towards people out there. What's another challenge or barrier that you, that you've noticed or that you've run into? It, it can be challenging for men to feel like they belong in the field yeah. just to, cause you, you don't see anyone like yourself there. Yeah. You go into a staff room and it's often very feminized. Mm -hmm. um, even your, your front foyers where the parents come in. And that's another, that's the thing I talk about all the time to centers. It's just making it just not even male staff friendly, but making it dad friendly. Yes. Making dads feel yes. like they're welcome in these places. Yeah. So that's another huge barrier. There was a yeah, MITT a uh, Manitoba Institute for Trades and Technology uh, is a school in in Manitoba, and they actually I I borrowed it from them. I think I actually might have got it from them in an early childhood group, but it's a it's a survey for daycares about how dad friend how father friendly mm -hmm. is your space, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and it's mm -hmm. it's such a it was such an eye opener for so many of my colleagues um, who don't ever think about the things that you know our dads invited in mm -hmm. our dads do dads feel like they're welcome because parents i find generally um can be uncomfortable in a childcare space because they don't if they don't consider that space welcoming to mm -hmm. them um but dads especially mm -hmm. um you know there's just something about being a dad walking into a daycare center if you're not already familiar with the space that you just immediately are like, I'm going to go hide in the corner over well, here it, the, so I don't break anything, so I don't... I and don't they don't understand the anything. space. Yeah, exactly. I never played with that. I never played with that. What the hell? How come the, how come the biggest area in the daycare center is a kitchen? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So, no, that that that's an absolute excellent point. I, and I noticed you guys, we're on ECE, 
um, uh, websites and all that shit. And I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but all of the new interiors of daycare centers that are people are moving towards, they look like fucking Ikea bedrooms. Yep. And, and, and they look like Martha Stewart has been here. I would not want to work in one of those places with all the hanging plants and all those all this beautiful shit. And I, as a male, uh, let me just throw this out. You know what I'd love to work in? An empty room with a whole bunch of boxes of cool shit around the, around the walls. That would make sense to me. It sounds a little bleak, but yeah, no, because the kids it will sounds... bring it. The yeah. kids will bring, uh, will bring the stuff to it. Anyways, I'm digressing a bit. All right, so yeah. you're. That's a good Actually, point. Actually, I, I just up. if if women out there are wondering how they can make their programs more dad friendly, one thing I have just a suggestion is just know the score in your local game from the <laughs> night before. It's you just you don't even need to know what happened. Yeah, just know if the team won or lost, and it's a talking point. Guaranteed for eighty percent of your male clientele. Yeah, you just need to say you know, oh man, they really you know, I was touch and go there for a minute, but then next thing you knew, oh yeah, you oh, just make shit up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and when. Get really good at it, you can make a podcast about men and child. Uh, and also, no judgment to men. Like, yeah. like, uh, I have noticed that a lot of times the conversations between dads and the and the early childhood educators are: Did you bring the medicine? Did you sign the field trip report? Uh, could we you need please, five dollars for could, special lunch. Could you please send this to your wife to fill out? Yeah. You know, please don't throw your baby up in the air. You know, that, that, that kinds of stuff. And just understanding well, men. Consciously, as caregivers, how often do we call the mom when a kid's sick? I know. Yeah. Do, we, do you even think about calling that's, the dad that's first? That's a really yeah. good right? point. That's terrible. Yeah. That's a really good one. So what's yeah. another challenging barrier right off the top of your head? Then? So I think uh, the last the last big one I can think of would be that we just, men don't know about this field. We yeah. don't know yeah. that this is an option, which we, we talked about yeah. before. And just how to get the men to know that this work is out there for them and that it's a great job to do okay i think that's a nice segue into my last question then sure so let's throw this around guys we've talked a little bit about some strategies to recruit guys in right yeah what what are some other ideas like how how can we make this more visible to men how can we make it more inviting for men for heaven's sakes you and i were talking all the daycare centers in manitoba are prisons they're locked yeah. Right. They're locked. Yeah. So you've already got those barriers there. So what, you know, what, what do you think we could do to bring in more men? Let's dream. Let's okay. just dream. We dream. Dream is, is to get the government involved, right. And get government funding because uh, like Ron and I have been doing our work in Manitoba, the men in early childhood education group as just like a passion project. I've got a million other things I'm doing too. Um, so to devote, we need someone somewhere to devote, recruiting men into the field some mm -hmm. and, and there are we do have our group has strategies and, and things we want like talking to high school students mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and letting people know it's a job and and also getting our colleges involved and getting the colleges to to save spots for the men who wait till the last minute to decide they want to go yeah. to college and, and, and it's yeah. and that's a very real thing too is is you know when we're talking about all the barriers of men coming into the field that all of those indecisions mean that at the end of the day, men just really, they have a hard time making that that final decision to take the plunge. I've, I've met very few, if any men who, who have ever taken the plunge and regretted it. But mm -hmm. the, the, that notion of, of, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? That, you know, it, it 
it holds a lot of people back. It held me back for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've always thrown around this idea of, um, remember Katimovic? We used to yes. have a program called Katimovic in Canada. It was a federal program, and it was like the Peace Corps, right? I would think it'd be really amazing if um, the governments, whether it's federal or provincial, had a little program that if you're a male graduating for high school, put two years into a daycare center, and we will pay two years of your of your post secondary mm-hmm. education. Yeah. yeah, right. And wouldn't that yeah. change our country? Absolutely. Well, even if they don't get involved in it, they've spent two years for sure. What and kind I of mean, men are they going? Well, and to just be? giving them that incentive to come into the workforce in the first place. Yeah. 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 And I think I think that's that's it, right? Like it's if if we're if we're dreaming here, then you know even just <laughs> it sounds so funny, but but dream dreaming even just to have one paid person who could who could be responsible for who could be paid and have capital to recruit and market ch- early childhood education as a career for men. I mean, even something as simple as you know getting you know putting up a throwing up a job advertisement at your local you know, hockey rink for beer mm-hmm. hockey leagues, yeah, that's having a good something idea. at having something, you know, when I Hooters put up an ad at Hooters, there you go. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no, I was just kidding. Yeah. Their chicken wings suck. <laughs> Let's <laughs> we're not getting them as advertisers. No, no, no that's okay. Morally too. We're not. That's getting all right. Them yeah. As it's, it's, a, it's an ethical decision. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but even, even when I put, send out job ads to to universities and stuff like that i ask my i ask the people who i talk to to if they can post my jobs in hallways of um what might be considered traditionally male dominated um trades faculties and trades mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like i i i don't really I, I tried i tried going for trades and i got no responses because people who are working in trades are already pretty right. like they're yeah. already pretty right. set in in right. their trade but but universities like kinesiology students overwhelmingly love coming into daycare you know what even with the trades if you mm-hmm. you that guy who saw that that poster might come back to it t- 10 20 yeah. 15 years later yeah right? exactly. that's true So the idea is at least in their exactly. head and they've saw it as an option yeah exactly yeah that's true even that's true. even just to visit a daycare center and find that maybe there's things i can do yeah right yeah, yeah. maybe there's things i can build maybe there's things i because i again like i would love to have plumbers involved in child care because then we'd have some great so water play stuff pipes. outside yeah. oh, right great water play carpenters we'd have we some have great this uh, wood stuff this summer i have um scheduled we're, we're doing a uh whittling club and a shops club yeah, nice. and so our, our whittling we just ordered a bunch of new supplies for for our shops club and i'm trying to get into now talking to you know local businesses about saying you know hey local you know Windsor, we have a windsor plywood up the street from our daycare Perfect. talk to them about you know what we got some kids who would really love getting into and i think I'm my goal there is not only to try and get some uh, interest from local businesses to support the daycare, but also to get more people into the world of childcare. Mm-hmm. Into once you see the world of childcare, you see the possibilities that childcare has. I mean, you have a blank canvas to to create a lasting legacy. Mm-hmm. 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 I think it, yeah, cool. yeah, sure. When, when we're talking about having big dreams too, I think part of the my big dreams is just for the field in general too, and have 
higher wages for everybody. Yeah. And then because recruitment and retention is a is a problem yeah. across Canada, right? For mm-hmm. ECEs, and and how do you combat that is with higher wages and for everybody involved. Yeah. 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 That that's a good point. And then I I liked also your bit about about government um, assistance because now we've been talking about trades and that reminded me, don't we have women in trades programs? Yep. Were there special incentives yeah. and, and monies? And there was actually and like there was that. actually a, a, a policy or a, a recruitment strategy that was put forward a couple of years ago about you know the idea of you know should we should we talk about childcare as a trade mm. instead of you know so instead of something that you necessarily go to college for something that you you apprentice in and you right. you you work towards your certification in actively in the center as well as in the classroom mm. similar to what we have in the workplace program. Mm. Um, but the, the idea of then, you know, with, along with a trade, you get trade money, mm-hmm. right? There's mm-hmm. a huge incentive to like to an recruit. apprenticeship yeah. Style program. Yeah. Huge, huge yeah. invest, oh, yeah. huge government investments. But also that. we could, but we could call it men in caring positions. Well, yeah. no, that probably is not right either. Shouldn't put positions with it. Men in caring <laughs> You were the only one in the room who thought that. I'm just, no, but I'm not. People listening, and then we'd get some bad feedback. Right. So I'm just correcting myself. We're not getting any here. feedback. So. Men in caring professions. Men right? in caring and then professions. Then you get you get maybe free education or you know. Well, but but again, when you're changing the the language to men in caring professions away from something like calling childcare a trade. Mm-hmm. Calling childcare a trade immediately attracts attention of mm-hmm. men yeah, by default. Yeah, right. Men and women, especially now that there's been a women in trades yeah. program. Yeah, no, that's, that's so, a good point. So, you know, I don't know whether the language necessarily needs to change too much. It childcare in a lot of ways is it would be considered a trade. You're you are learning specializations mm-hmm. in child development. You're you're apprenticing with child development professionals to to increase your learning you're and then when you're done you are working specialized you're in a specialized field i don't i don't see much difference there in trades all right that's interesting that could be a whole other show yeah yeah that'd be a whole other show any last words you want to say there adam about what we've been chatting about here um well if, if you're a man in this field and you want to connect with with my group you can reach me at mbmece at hotmail.com. Repeat that again. mbmece at hotmail.com. Uh, so it just stands for Manitoba Men in Early Childhood Education. Uh, so yeah, so reach out to me there. Um, I guess hopefully maybe they can get to me through your podcast too. Then yeah, if you, yeah, if you want to if you want to connect yeah. with Adam and 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 you can't spell as well as he can, mm-hmm, you no. can uh, find us at Tabcast, or you can find us uh, on Instagram at This Ain't Babysitting. You have our Facebook page information. Uh, any way you want to get a hold of us, you can you can hit us up, and we will absolutely connect you with, yeah, uh, with Adam. Any, or anything with... I can do to, to help, or if you want to set up a, a group like this in wherever you are, I'd be yeah. more than willing to help. Or if you need someone to come talk about this issue, Fantastic. I love doing that we'll too. Give him, so. We'll give you his personal phone number. Yes. Yeah. You can text him whenever his, uh, sure, his address, yeah. if yeah. you really want to send him a card or anything. You can come put my kids to bed. There hey. you go. There you go. Hey. All right. Hey, what, what's your favorite father's day? Uh, I, I, I'm just, I share a little story about, of course. So Please the, do. Yeah. yeah. So the other day I'm uh, driving in my truck home from soccer with my youngest son, Eric, and he's four. And 
and we're just talking back and forth. And I said, Eric, you know what? I just love you so much. And he said, Dad, you know what? Chicken butt. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. (laughs) He's a little bugger. Oh, man. And that's the closer, folks. not like you. That's the closer. Well, I'd like to thank you, Adam Manicon. It was so uh, beautiful to have you here. You're so smart on this subject. You brought up some amazing points. And also, you know, I, I don't know about you, Scott, but I was thinking about all those guys in ECE who are listening to this. You just you just cut through stuff for them, and, and, and you you just you just made people feel a little less isolated. And you know what? It's, it's I love that even even just the knowledge that there are people like you and like Ron who are who are putting together these networking groups. You know, I I I candidly i don't make every meeting i've you know we've got i've got a podcast that that we're running here i've got you know a a young son at home i've got professional development stuff that i'm trying to go through and and you know i don't make every meeting but the comfort of knowing Mm -hmm. that there is a group out there who is looking out for men in early childhood education to remind everybody that this is such an important thing you are doing incredibly important work and i salute you so i can get you to come to the rest of the meetings yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah we're gonna make a commitment here mark me down yeah Yeah. yeah. right on well thank you adam thank you scott thank you hey ken shandle back there thank you ken for the coffee and the sound engineering thanks ken thank Thank you you very much and to everybody out there listening i hope you have a great father's day i hope you have a amazing summer and just a fantastic day men in Child Child care. care. That was off the cuff. Have a good night, everybody.